This is James from Podcast.co, and you're listening to Meet the Podcasters. In this interview, I speak with Katie Leeson, Managing Director of Social Chain and host of her own podcast called I Shouldn't Say This But, which you can listen to now wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. We covered a few different areas in this conversation, including Katie's experience with imposter syndrome and how that led to the launch of her own podcast, the mysteries of the algorithm which determines the coveted new and noteworthy category on Apple Podcasts, Katie's weekly process for planning and preparing for new content, and the importance of refining and improving your show based on listener feedback. In that section, Katie also gave her advice for businesses thinking about getting into podcasting. And in the final part of this interview, we talked about why podcasters shouldn't shy away from sharing their honest opinions on things, even if it means getting some negative comments on social media. If you'd like to check out the show notes for this episode, which include links to relevant stuff mentioned in the conversation, head over to podcast.co forward slash inspire. And to catch future episodes and meet the podcasters, you can subscribe on your preferred podcast listening app. We're planning to release two new episodes a month throughout 2020 to keep a more consistent release schedule. So this is Meet the Podcasters, episode four with Katie Leeson. First of all, um, thanks for joining me today, Katie. Thank you for having me. Uh, So shortly after you took on your role as managing director at Social Chain, you launched your own podcast called I Shouldn't Say This But, and I think you've done more than 60 episodes at this point, and it seems to be doing quite well. So could you give us a brief outline of your background, how your podcast came into being, and what it's all about? Yeah, of course. So I have been at Social Chain um, now for three years. Social Chain is a social media marketing agency, and I joined with very little social media experience. I joined as um, so, as an operations director, and I, I did it from a learning opportunity. One of my values is that I like to learn, and... Um, social was something that I knew was going to keep growing and I wanted to develop so I knew I needed to be in that world and this gave me the opportunity to do so um but within so my background really is buying press radio and outdoor ads I was a trader then I moved into a new business and marketing role for a traditional media agency so um it really was kind of out of my comfort zone and I was here for about six months no, three months when Steve and Dom, the founders, asked me to apply for a more senior role, um, which completely threw me because I was still trying to get my head around exactly what we did here and how we worked and what we what what social media marketing actually was. Um, but within six months of starting at Social Chain, I was actually promoted to managing director. And as amazing as that was, I couldn't see it. What I saw was I'm going to get found out and this is going to be a failure and I'm going to get the sack and they're going to catch me and they're going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing and talking about. And um, yeah, I I really struggled. I really struggled in meetings to put myself forward. I really struggled with the um, position of being managing director, but not feeling like I was acting like it and having that responsibility on me. And um, I went to see, we offer therapy as part of our um, workplace welfare. And I went to see a lovely lady called Karen and we started talking and she said to me, we went through it all and she said, it sounds like you've got imposter syndrome. And I was like, never heard of that. I don't know what that is. 
But in fact, when I did a bit of research into it, 70% of successful people actually have imposter syndrome, including people like Albert Einstein and Meryl Streep. So, you, you know, I'm not in bad company. Um, and I realized that that was because I felt like I didn't fulfill what my mind was telling me a managing director was. So in my head, I had a managing director as an old man in a grey suit who sat in a corner of an office, didn't talk to anyone um, and was a little bit aloof and quite um, power, powerful in their, um, the way that they put themselves out there. Um, but that completely contradicted with me and my personality and who I was. So once I started exploring this imposter syndrome, it kind of developed, all of it developed from there. Um, obviously, personal branding has been a huge success for Social Chain and Steve Bartlett is obviously the shining light in terms of personal branding. Um, and he wanted me to do it, but I felt very uncomfortable. So I started writing articles about imposter syndrome and realized that reaction to it and the people that also felt the same was the thing that the reason why I should carry it on. So the responses and the people I got back and the support, but also the help that it gave other people was my reason why. Um, and then the articles were taking too long. It's not really a thing that I enjoy doing. And I wanted to make sure that I was getting as much value out there consistently. Um, so we talked about doing a podcast and, uh, yeah, I started to think about what should the podcast be? What should it be about? How should I do it? What? Why would Why would someone want to listen to me? Um, and we were figuring it out. And then, as always, when you're not really thinking about it, I went, I went to the loo and sat there. And then all of a sudden, it was like it should be. It should be called. I shouldn't say this book because I shouldn't be saying that. I shouldn't be um, MD, but I am. And these are the reasons why. And then. Every topic since then has been things that you wouldn't expect a managing director to say. Yeah, that's a great concept. I think it is a great name um, because immediately you're, you're kind of intrigued uh, straight away to know well, what what is it that that's going to be said here. Um, so, would you say that um, running the podcast and you know coming out of you were writing the articles initially and then you launched the podcast has that uh, made you feel more comfortable in your role uh, uh, than you were previously? A hundred percent because I now get to speak about part of the podcast. We also do a bit of a marketing, social media marketing roundup as well. Um, and it means that I am more ingrained with what's going on in our world and our work than I was before, because without doing that, I just got caught up in the day to day of the operational side of the business. And it means that now I can go into meetings with clients, feel very confident about what I'm talking about, know that I'm on the right track. And it's definitely helped with my imposter syndrome in a roundabout way. It's like ironic, really. Yeah. 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 It's crazy when you look at the statistics and you see like how many people it affects. Um, but yeah, it, it always... It's like a nagging thing that's in the back of your mind. It is hard to shake, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's always there. It's always going to be there. I, mean, I know I'm always going to have moments where I've got a bit of like feeling like a fraud, or but it, it helps actually spur me on, which is yeah, yeah. which is part of the good thing. So it gives me a bit of a kick up the bum, and I know then that I need to have a look at what else I should be doing. Um, well, I actually saw you speak at the at the Pods Up North event in Manchester. It was late last year. Uh, and I really enjoyed the talk that you gave there. So, and there were a few things that you brought up during your talk that I kind of wanted to to dig into a bit more here, uh, if that's okay. Of course, yeah. That was such a fabulous event, wasn't it? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. It was great to have something like that in Manchester, because um, obviously, usually it's all going on down in London. But it was great to to see such a good turn up at, at that event. Yeah. 
yeah, no, fire away. More than happy to talk about it. So one of the things that you had mentioned during your talk was that you managed to get your show into the the top shows category on Apple Podcasts, which in podcasting is, is pretty much like the holy grail. That's something that everyone is aspiring to do. All these new podcasters want to get their show there. Um, so was that a deliberate effort on your part to get your show into the top shows category or did that just happen organically? And then also... Did you see a big spike in listeners as a result of that? Um, it wasn't really a plan that we were going to try and get there because, as you know, the the algorithm isn't really crackable at the moment. It's quite hard to know what gets you in those top charts and what gets you in those lists. Um, but the main thing for me every week with the podcasts is it's not about my listener numbers. It's about the engagement that I get from it. And even if it just helps one person, then I'm happy. So, of course, I'd love thousands and thousands of listeners. But um, knowing that what I'm doing is adding value value to the people that are listening is is the thing um it was fairly early on when we did it when we got in the new and um, noteworthy so I didn't I've not noticed too much a massive spike but I think it was um around the time and we did an episode with Steve as my first guest and that did really that one did really well so yeah who who knows what it is? Because as I say, the algorithm is hard to figure out, and we've been trying. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not clear. Uh, Apple are keeping; they've always kept their cards close to their chest when it comes to that. Um, and it seems like even ratings and reviews aren't having as much impact as as people once thought they had. No, that definitely um, helped at the beginning, but I agree. I'm not sure that it's now. If, yeah. if we crack it, I'm sure we'll let everyone know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good good luck with that. Yeah. One. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you produce or your producer Dodds um, he works on the show with you kind of co-hosts on the episodes and obviously it does take a lot of work behind the scenes to to run a good show obviously the the final package sounds quite polished uh, and neat but could you talk a bit about how that relationship works uh, between you and Dodds to make the episodes come together yeah of course so I don't I'm very lucky that I've got Dodds to help me alongside my day-to-day and I absolutely applaud anyone that's managing to do a podcast without the help of someone else um, as well as their day-to-day because it's incredibly difficult Um, but Dodds and I sit down every Monday and we have a good couple of hours just sat thinking about what it is we want to talk about what the marketing news is that we've seen um, any moment, things in the moment that we know will help because what we also do is we record the podcast for LinkedIn, not all of it, but we record snippets and then we put the videos out on LinkedIn because that's where my biggest channel is. Um, so we make sure that we're try- as timely as we can with those because they're the ones that get the biggest response. Um, but then also what the main topic will be and what I'm comfortable talking about. And um, yeah, so we spend a good time planning what each episode is going to be about. And then regularly we review it. So we review how the numbers are doing, we review the feedback, we look at um, retention rate and how people are listening and where they're stopping if they fall off. So we get a good idea of what's working and what isn't and we adapt towards that. Um, We've done a lot of testing over the podcast. At one point we were doing three episodes a week and we're now down back down to one. So we've just seen what the right formula is and then we record every Tuesday. We do it every Tuesday morning um, and then the rest of the week then is then editing and cutting down and then getting the content out for the podcast but also the videos out for LinkedIn but he does so much he also manages all the speaking opportunities that I do and he just makes sure that I'm in the right places at the right time which is helpful (laughs) 
yeah, I imagine. Um, like like you said, with, with the testing, I think that's a really um, key point that you have. It is a process of trial and error, and I think that's something that a lot of podcasters don't necessarily think of. They kind of devise one way of doing it at the start, and then they stick with that, and then th- they have this rigid format that their convince will work, and it's not working, but yeah, you can't fit a square peg into a round hole kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, and it's kind of like you can test it and then move on to your next one and see so it's a nice podcasting's great because you get the feedback as well from people i think part of what we've done with i shouldn't say this but is have the admission submissions where people send in their own admissions that they want help with and that gives me really good feedback on the topics that people want to know more about so yeah it's thinking of those sort of ways as well and testing and refining and yeah. yeah So other than testing and refining, just is there any other kind of tips that you would give to businesses or maybe people who are thinking about starting a podcast for a personal brand? Is there any advice that you would give, um, just generally speaking? Yeah, there's definitely a couple of things. Consistency is one, um, and finding the time to do it regularly because if you have got a great podcast but you're not putting it out regularly, people won't keep coming back to listen. So it's it's building your audience relationship up through consistency. Um, understanding your why, I think the thing that with the articles for me was I didn't enjoy doing them and I didn't enjoy writing them, so I was never going to keep that consistency because it was the last thing to do on my to-do list. But I actually really enjoyed doing the podcast because it feels really genuine to me. Um, so understand why you want to do it and what the outcome is Um, and make sure that you're having good conversations with your listeners as well make it a two-way street rather than a one-way street because Mm -hmm. having a monologue conversation as you do with podcasting um, it's you want to build an audience and you want to build a relationship because you're in their world and the thing with podcasting is as you know it's like you're immersive in that podcast for however long it's on and everything else that's going on around you is kind of secondary it's where it's a really unique medium where you can't really do too much else at the same time so make sure you build a relationship with your audience as much as you can yeah that's key uh, especially for yeah retaining your audience and, and keeping them coming back um for your future episodes um one of the other points that you raised in your talk and i thought was is really key is the importance of making sure that your content actually makes people feel and react in in some kind of emotional way. That's really what will drive the engagement with your content. Um, And as you pointed out, and as the name of your show kind of suggests, that means not being afraid to be open and honest and not steering away from controversy. And this is where I think I see a lot of podcasts fall down because they they struggling to understand why they're not getting traction, but the content itself is pretty bland and it doesn't say anything that makes people um, react in any sort of way. So is there anything that you would say about trying to create content that will make sure your audience um, feels a certain way in, in response to it? Yeah, it's tricky. It's not easy because it doesn't come naturally to me to be controversial because I'm like, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. So it's it's pushing me out my comfort zones and it's something that Steve keeps pressing me on. He wants me to be more and more controversial because we know that if we're controversial, not in terms of being nasty about something, but more about having an opinion, you're more likely to get other people's opinions back. So the thing is to just try it and you won't... 
it's the response back I get. So when I'm really open um, and I talk about topics that are difficult for me to talk about, I know that other people will resonate and then look at the feedback you get and really feel good about yourself that you've helped other people. My, my real why is helping other people. Um, so making sure that if I feel really uncomfortable, it's probably a topic that someone else will feel uncomfortable talking about as well. Um, and yeah, do it as do it when you can, as if like when you feel ready. Um, I did quite a difficult one last year that was, I, I had a miscarriage and I talked about it on the podcast, but it took me a long time to get to the point where I was ready to talk about it. Um, and the way that I did do that was I called on professional charity help to talk about the topic rather than it just be about me and my experience because I wanted to help other people who might be going through a similar thing. Um, yeah. So it's thinking about ways that you can talk about topics that feel a little bit scary in a way that's going to help because that's how you're going to make people feel something by tapping yeah. into what they're going through, but also offering them advice of how to get through situations. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a, it is difficult if, if it's not something that you're used to doing. Um, and I think um, one of the other things is when you do end up you know, striking the right chord and people do react. Um, you know, you, you might get uh, 50 positive comments, but there's always going to be a few uh, negative comments in there as well. And it's just unfortunately human nature. The way that our mind works is we, we just kind of, the, the positive comments just wash over us and you get one negative uh, something in response to your comment. And that's the one that you ruminate on. That's the one that sticks with you. Um, so is there anything that you would say about, you know, kind of dealing with that side of things? Because if you do get engagement with your content, not 100% of it is, is going to be positive. Yeah, I struggled with that. As I say, I'm a people pleaser. So seeing people who react negatively to stuff I'm putting out there was hard at first. Um, but I think when I was at Pods Up North and I was doing the talk, I think one of the things I said was haters are going to hate and it's going to happen because um, not everyone's going to have the same opinion as you. And I think that's what we should focus on, welcoming conversation because if someone's not got the same opinion as you and they're willing to reply it's gaining that conversation so I'm very pr proud that I don't really have to get involved in those conversations anymore if someone um, thinks that I'm not in the right about talking about certain topics because a lot of my people, a lot of people who are supporting me will respond to those people. Um, so I know it's generating conversation and debate so I think it's a good way to look at it that it generates debate rather than it be a negative. It's not a personal attack. It's more that they've got a different opinion. And I think that's the way, that's the way I've tried to look at it, that it actually helps boost my numbers, to be honest. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like that's, that's the thing when people are, even if they do think they're, they're making a personal attack, like at the end of the day, like it really does help when it comes to social media and increasing the exposure of, of whatever content that you're putting out there. So um, basically, I'm, I'm mindful of your time. And the last topic I wanted to touch on is something that I think uh, social chain do really well as a whole. And that's kind of knowing the purpose of each audience across each different social media platform. So a thing that we see a lot of podcasters do is they try and take a one size fits all approach to their social media and they push the same content out across multiple channels. Uh, obviously, that saves a lot of time and it's more convenient to do things that way. But in terms of actually, you know, maximizing the engagement that you get on each platform, that's definitely 
um, going to hinder your chances of getting the engagement that you want. So I was wondering if you could talk a bit more about how you think about promoting your podcast on these different social media channels. Yeah, of course. I think we start by looking at um, what audiences are where and who they are. And the, the whole purpose for each channel and why you go on each channel. So for me, my as I mentioned before, my main, my biggest channel or my biggest following is actually on LinkedIn. And we've managed to build up a really strong audience on LinkedIn by talking about marketing news because I know why people go on LinkedIn. It's a business platform and it's using the parts of the podcast that are most relevant for those business topics. Um, we've managed to get some huge numbers on videos because we've been really smart about what we've put on there. So we were quite timely with our video on um, when Starbucks left a cup, well, they, when Game of Thrones, they left a Starbucks cup on the table. And I think that got half a million views on a video that we did because we managed to do it very quickly and get it out there. And I had an opinion on something, um, which is marketing related. So we use LinkedIn for that purpose. And then Instagram, we tend to use more as a personal. So when I'm talking about personal admissions, we mm -hmm. use the Instagram channel to push those because it's a different mindset when you're in that channel and when you're on it and what you're using it for so we try and use that more as life advice rather than business advice um yeah. but it's not easy and I think that's what you need to sit down and think about the purpose of each channel and why you use it um yeah. and then Twitter we use as a as a news sharer really we put on pr promotions for the podcast um probably it's hard because it's trying to find the right amount of time to use each channel efficiently but we we really double down on LinkedIn because it's the most valuable to us so it's understanding your why again why yeah. are you doing it what's the purpose so then you can relate which channel's the right one for you exactly trying to find what works and doing more of that rather than trying to spread yourself across all these different places and not doing a great job um at any of them um so thanks, Katie. That was great. Uh, is there anywhere you'd like to send people other than the podcast to, to find out more about you and what you're doing as Social Chain? Yep. So my handles are all at Katie Leeson um, and it's Katie with a Y. Um, and then the podcast is, I shouldn't say this, but as we've mentioned, but um, yeah, any feedback on the podcast would be great because I love to hear what people say. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much.